Good morning, this is Monday, January 13th, 2014, and Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here's what's making news on the front page today. Twinned cities follow different paths. Negotiators put final touches on Iran Accord. In today's national headlines, critics say West Virginia spill highlights lax rules. As conjugal visits fade, lifeline to spouses is lost. And where right to free speech collides with abortion rights. In today's business headlines, the cost of feeling cool in India? An iPhone. More movies at Sundance are sidestepping the big screen. And NBC Universal News Group plans a partnership with Video Clip Startup. There will be more business stories, more national and world news, a roundup from the sports page, and New York Times columnist Paul Krugman. Now, from the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top story is written from Duluth, Minnesota. Twinned cities follow different paths. The soaring Blatnik Bridge spans a modest body of water, but a political gulf. Most mornings around 7, Kim and Kyle Smith drive a mile and a half across the bridge from Duluth, where they live, to Superior, Wisconsin, where they teach. On the same bridge most mornings, scores of workers from Superior head the opposite direction, making their way to a foundry Andy Fulton's company runs in Duluth. Together, they're known as the Twin Ports for their shared role as a major cargo seaport. People on both sides share Scandinavian, German, and Irish roots, working-class pasts, and a sensibility hardened by a steady chill off Lake Superior. But now, when residents cross the bridge, they enter starkly different political territories. Since Republicans took control of Wisconsin's state legislature and governor's office in 2011, and since Democrats gained full dominance in Minnesota last year, people here have watched essential elements of their daily lives, their savings plans, job expectations, personal relationships, and health insurance veer apart. For the Smiths, working on the Wisconsin side has meant rising contributions for health insurance and pensions, and a union with drastically less negotiating power. For Fulton, running a company on the Minnesota side has meant bracing for new business taxes and higher income taxes. Fulton has worked in Minnesota long enough to recall the decision to open the Duluth operation in 1980, when life looked much the same on either side of the border, many say. Knowing then what we know now, would we even do it in the state of Minnesota anywhere? said Fulton, the president of ME Global, which operates the foundry. I doubt it. It's an expensive place to do business. The states did not always seem so different. Animosity between Packers fans and Vikings fans once seemed the widest divide. Both Duluth and Superior lean Democratic. Both have their share of Lutheran and Catholic churches. People buy their clothes in Duluth, their cigarettes in Superior. But the political polarization that has left Washington divided has also pulled the neighboring states apart. Thirty-six states are now controlled by one political party, the largest in six decades. Twenty-three states are dominated by Republicans, thirteen by Democrats. One-party control has turned state capitals into feverish testing grounds for the nation's most debated politics, both on the left and even more so on the right. Few places reveal the chasm like Duluth and Superior, where life along the border has come to look like a jarring experiment in which neighbors' lives are heading along separate trajectories. In Duluth, there are signs of labor expansion. 
Minnesota lawmakers this year voted to grant in-home child care workers and personal attendants permission to form unions. But in Superior, where the Smiths have taught at the city's high school for nearly two decades, labor's power diminished precipitously after a decision by Wisconsin lawmakers, part of which are still being contested in the courts, to solve a budget crunch by slashing bargaining rights for public sector union workers and raising their shares of health and pension costs. For the Smiths, the effects were instant. With over $6,000 less in an already lean annual family budget, Kim Smith, a Spanish teacher who had worked part-time to spend mornings with her children, had no choice but to move to full-time hours. We just weren't going to be able to make it, she said. Kyle Smith, who teaches history, said he could not shake the sense that the rug's been pulled out from under him. This month, he will start teaching students at a university one night a week for extra money. Back home in Duluth, the schools have wrestled with their own uncertainties, financial struggles, crowded classrooms, and teacher layoffs. But school officials say they now feel optimistic about the year ahead, given an added levy approved in November by voters, as well as about $4 million in new state funds expected this year. Up until just a very short time ago, these places were always way more similar than they were different, he said. Then this all came down, and they've gone their own ways.